Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Illinois, featuring professional golfer and University of Oregon alumni, Ryan Gronlin. Ryan, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Good, good, man. I'm glad we were able to get you on the podcast here, chat a little bit, and kind of tell the world about Ryan Gronlin, man. Yeah, I'm excited. I was seeing you out in Bakersfield. It was cool. You yeah. know, you approached me about the podcast. I was like, sweet. I'll, you know, I can talk about myself. I can talk <laughs> about myself. I don't know if I can talk about anything else. <laughs> exactly. And it's golf related. I mean, come on. It's great. I mean, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah sounds good, man. Well, with that being said, we'll get into the first question here. Where are you from and how'd you get into the game of golf? So I grew up about 40 miles due east of San Francisco in what I used to think was a little town called Pleasanton, California, but oh, it's yeah. grown up a whole lot yeah. over the last, you know, 25 years since I was born. So it was, you know, a great place to grow up. Nice, quiet town. One of those towns when you're in like high school, it's kind of, you think, you know, oh, I live in this boring town and then you right. get to, you know, 24 years old and you're like, Oh, it's literally the greatest place I could have grown up. Nothing, <laughs> not, it's like golf, a boring scorecard. It's a good scorecard. And, exactly. You know, a boring town to grow up. It's normally a pretty safe and good place to grow up. Exactly. You know, that's a great comparison. I love that comparison there. But uh, how'd you get into the game of golf and stuff? Got into the game of golf. My parents actually met golfing. Oh, wow. Um, They met, I think my dad was saying that uh, my mom and dad were, before they knew each other, were hitting balls on the range. And my dad pulled what, I guess his smooth move was to go over and talk to my mom and say, oh, you know, maybe give her, you know, a little suggestion or something like that. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So San Jose Muni Golf Club was where they met. And you know, I was just sort of a, always been in the family. And once I got to be old enough, I was, you know, Hey, I want to go play golf. So yeah, I remember we were in, we're going to take a spring break trip to, I think Scottsdale. And my mom was like, Hey, you can bring your clubs. You don't have to, but your dad and I are going to play golf. So if you don't, you're more than happy to come sit around driving the cart, but we're <laughs> going to bring our clubs. You're more than welcome to, if you want to, if not, that's fine. And I was like, sure, I'll bring my clubs. And yeah. I would, you know, I was, what was that math you know 20 that was 16 years ago so yeah it's all been you know all been at history since exactly exactly the rest is history i mean that's that's kind of how it is man and it's nice that both your parents played actually that's funny that they met on the golf course i mean that's really cute and stuff so yeah that's pretty my, funny man my dad was a pretty good player too i think he said his low round was like a 65 one time all right hey yeah player my dad, my dad always said my mom could have been a good golfer she could have mm-hmm. broke 80 a lot but she was more into it for the, you know, the talking uh-huh. and socializing yeah. part of so. course right yeah get out you know get out with her girlfriends and stuff kind of go out there oh, yeah. with the links <laughs> but um so you, you grew up and you in Pleasanton area kind of talk about your high school days where'd you go to high school and kind of what kind of player were you so I went to a high school called Foothill High School oh yeah it was one of the two public schools mm-hmm. in Pleasanton and I mean high school was you know it was good you know I felt like I was you know a decent player I can you know I could shoot under par yeah. regularly to consistently but right you know kind of looking back now I probably you know, if everybody were to look back at their high school golf, they probably weren't as good as they thought they were. <laughs> um, and I mean, it was good, you know, played high school golf. My high school team 
the uh, best year. We finished second in state, but I re- we nice. really, really thought we were literally one of the best, if not the best high school team in the whole country because we're you know, you know, California high school golf at six count five. So right, yep, yep. our six guys in, I mean, all six of us played college golf. It was Nicolo Galetti went to go play at Arizona state. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had Travis Rowney and Brett Tholley went to go play at San Jose state. We had Roshan Chakuri who played at Indiana. Wow. Tanner Hughes who played for Cal and then transferred to Davis. And then I played at SMU, then transferred to Oregon. Right. Yep, and then yep. even our JV team, we had three or four guys that go, you know, Ryan Canope played at Auburn and, Jeez. you know, a couple, you know, a guy played at um, San Francisco. I mean, like, My we were, gosh. Just it was stacked. Like, it was, yeah, there was a lot of competition to crack the top six. That's insane. And that's just high school golf. I mean, usually I mean, I've heard some people, guess on my show, you know, they, uh, you know, the high school golf is kind of whatever, but man, you guys had a stacked team. That's amazing. Oh yeah. We were, you know, we were a college team in high school, basically. <laughs> That's crazy. And even, I mean, guys on your JT, J, you know, JV team going to, you know, schools like Auburn and stuff. I mean, that's, that's no joke there. Even University of San Francisco. I mean, that's legit, man. Yeah. But um, so outside of high school, did you play kind of local tournaments, any junior tournaments, AJGAs, kind of stuff like that? Yeah. So my parents were, you know, they, they were, you know, golf's what you want to do. That's, you know, that's completely, it's your decision. We're not going to make you play golf. Right. right. You want to play golf. You know, it takes a lot of work. It's, it's a job. You know, my Mm -hmm. parents like, you don't have to have a job, but you know, if you're going to do golf, you got to do golf. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, they were, if I wanted to play a tournament and, you know, like JGA and C's were kind of where I started and yeah, kind of get my feet wet in playing golf and, then as I got better, you know, we started playing, you know, the NCGA events and then NCGA yep. amateur events. But, you know, yep. like I'd play my five AJGAs a year and it was, you know, it was wherever, you know, whatever schools I was looking at, my parents, you know, were more than happy to, you know, kind of plan to try to find tournaments in yeah. that area so coaches could come see you because that's nice. You know, it's easier for them to go to the local course rather than, you know, to have, you know, Casey Martin or Josh Gregory be like, oh, we're in Oregon or Dallas, but no, we're going <laughs> to fly down to southern california to watch you play at them exactly no, you right. them, that kind of you know makes it easier more exposure definitely and wow i've never heard somebody i you know i've never myself i've never thought about that that's a great way to you know especially if you had those schools that you were really planning on wanting to go to potentially making it real convenient for coaches i've never thought about that yeah i mean it's i've i figured if because i mean when you play college golf your game's got to travel anyways you know exactly you don't, right, you don't right, play right. everywhere you know, you don't play, you know, just in the state of Oregon or just in the state right. of California, you know, of different grasses, different, you know, climates and things like that. So if you want to, you know, go to a, like being from California, you know, you play in a dome, there's no yeah. weather really. So right, yeah. you know, going to Texas to show you can play in the wind or the humidity or the heat, right, and, you know, right. that doesn't bother you going to Oregon playing in the rain, you know, mm-hmm. if you can show your game travels, then I feel like that sort of also can open up some windows for you because you know anybody can play good when it's 75 and there's no wind like exactly that's the best right there man (laughs) that's my golf and weather (laughs) but uh so kind of talk about the recruiting process when did you start the the recruiting process and kind of what schools were you looking at so i started the recruiting process um probably i always knew i wanted to play college golf and professional golf but Mm -hmm. i would say i really started the recruiting process probably my freshman year high school I remember on the same high school graduation year as Brad Dalkey. so I remember yeah yeah I remember vividly the day that I went to my middle school high school or my middle school 
golf practice and we were like man like brad dalkey just committed to oklahoma we're like yeah. 13 like uh-huh. yes yeah, that's, like, that's so early <laughs> yeah i mean that's obviously very very early but i was like man like i might need to kind of you know get going on this thing and this right. is what i really want to do right so you know freshman year of high school just kind of you know introducing myself we did it ourselves we didn't use like an agency or mm-hmm. hire anybody yeah of course um so we you know just really i think i just found like the top 100 schools on golf stat this year and i was just like hey i you know one of those real sort of generic you know deer blank space and you know you, you can do those things on excel or right whatever, yeah you yeah know, finds the coach's name puts it in there and yeah you know i'm very excited to yeah. you know kind write you to say hi i'm ryan nice to meet you i'd love to be talk to you about your school yeah kind of like your template you know you just take the name out and send and put the different coach's name in. Send yeah. You just sub in, you know, <laughs> university of Oregon, you know, Oregon state, Stanford, Cal, you know, you just go down the list, sub in yep. the coach's name and a, you know, a yeah. school's name and a golf stat ranking and, you know, that's just it. running and gunning and sending them out. Exactly. I think that's one thing that a lot of people think, you know, they, they, they're afraid to kind of be, make that first step of communication and just, send as many emails as you possibly can. I mean, that's, what's the worst they're going to say is no, or not even respond. And it's worth, you know, it's worth it. You just never know. Yeah. Just never that's one know. thing my dad always told me too, in, in golf, college, golf, you know, even in, just in life, it's like, if you're not willing to ask, mm-hmm. it's an automatic no. If you do ask, the worst thing they say is no. And you know, right. it's the thing is if you never ask. Exactly. No, I completely agree. I think that's great that, you know, your dad told you that growing up too. And, um, you know, my dad told me the same thing. I mean, just What's the worst they're going to say is no. And, you know, you never talk to him again. Who knows? So um, yeah. what schools were you kind of you know, specifically targeting when you were going through the recruiting process? So being a West Coast kid, you know, every kid growing up wants to go to Stanford, wants to yeah. go to, you know, UCLA, you know. Uh-huh. And then kind of when you get older, you realize, you know, there's a lot of academic prowess <laughs> that goes with going to Stanford. So yeah, yep. maybe if you want to, I mean, and the guys that are there, like, you know, if you're smart enough to go to Stanford, you should go to Stanford that, you know, mm-hmm. that's your gift to the world is you're smart enough to go to Stanford and the guys that play golf there. Like I grew up with Brandon Wu and Isaiah, yeah. Salinda, you know, those yeah. guys have done great with golf and they've managed school and, you know, I, I didn't do well enough in high school to get in <laughs> much to my mom's, you know, content, you know, she, she really, really was always like, Ryan, you can do as well as you want in school, but uh-huh. yeah. I may have put golf a little bit more of course yeah, forefront, so. and that kind of eliminates you know stanford cal things right. like that but i always right. really you know once i kind of started to find where i would probably fit in with the school golf balance i really wanted to go to i always really wanted to go to oregon um smu with josh gregory had a few few other schools too and then i always really really loved how cy davis out at or Cy Williams out at UC Davis. He was yeah. always, you know, really, really great. He would always, you know, obviously with the lead, with, you know, legally, he would always reach out to me as much as he could. Oh yeah. Right. He yeah. always made me feel really, really welcome. So that was another school on my list to be able to stay close to home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I visited all those schools and visited Cal, visited Oregon, SMU, Arizona, UCLA. Stanford was nice. Cause they had that Stanford golf camp that they do every winter. And that was, really great because you could have other colleges like Casey Martin would go to the Stanford golf camp. Right. Right. You got to do his recruiting. It's kind of a, you go to one school, but you meet three coaches sort of thing. Of course. Of course. Yeah, no, that's a, that's great that they had that. And you were able to kind of attend those. And like you said, not only, the Stanford coach, but I mean, like you said, University of Oregon coach and all that stuff. I mean, that's great. And if for 
anybody that can go out there and do camps like, like you did. That's great. I wish there was something like that local near me. Um, I grew up Fresno area, small area. There was nothing like that. So that's great that you were able to have that and you know, kind of towards the Bay area here. Um, so you initially, you did commit to SMU Southern Methodist university. Can I talk about why you committed there and what your time was like there for, you know, the short time you were there? Yeah. I mean, so I took my visit to, there was two big, AJGA events that were always fall during my spring break. One was Heather Farr down at Longbow down in Arizona. Okay. The other one was sort of like the East Coast Heather Farr. It was called, I don't even remember what it was called, but it was at Texas A&M's course at the Traditions Club. Okay. And so knowing that I really wanted to get in contact with SMU, I went and played there Mm -hmm. twice, I think my sophomore year and then my junior year. And then after my, it was spring break, my junior year, I had coordinated me already all the way out in Texas. So we've been able to kind of match up the schedule where I could go the day after the tournament and go Mm -hmm. meet with uh, Josh Gregory, the head coach at SMU and fell in love with the campus. And I mean, one of the proudest things that I'll always take with me in in junior golf and college golf is that Josh was coming off of a great career at Augusta state. He had won two national championships with Patrick Reed, Henrik Norlander. Mm -hmm. And so he had really, I mean, he was like the, cream of the crop at that time right. and a great coach but one of the things that I'll always be the most proud of is that a coach that was the cream of the crop at that time wanted me to be on his team mm-hmm. and so I was you know big-eyed yeah. thinking man like SMU wants me Josh Gregory yeah SMU with all the you know the glitz and glam private school Texas of course Dallas, right. I, I fell in love with it and committed and I was super excited, you know, wore the t-shirts to school. I was, you know, I was kind of like the first kid at my high school that knew where they were going to college because most people don't know where they're going to college their junior right, year. Right, right. Uh-huh. So, yeah. you know, I was wearing the stuff. I had the sticker on my car. Super Heck, excited. Let's go, baby. <laughs> and then, so, with the NCAA sanctions that kind of came down on SMU for the recruiting violations that happened and everything that happened one week before I was supposed to go to college. Mm, Got it. Josh and SMU had kind of done the mutually agreed to part ways sort Mm -hmm. of thing that happens. And got it. So they took Jason Enlow, who was the assistant coach and made him the head coach. And just with, and Jason's a great player, you know, he had a great program and everything. It's just with how, the NCAA and SMU with how all of that sort of shook out with the sanctions and what was going to happen. And with myself, honestly, personally, I had some maturing to do, you know, I was an 18 year old kid, not, Mm -hmm. you know, didn't handle the situation. I'd been so excited and had it just, I felt like I had it ripped out from under my feet with what happened to Josh not being there. And Mm -hmm. it took a lot of maturity for or it was a great maturing experience you know I was able to kind of realize hey this isn't sort of the situation I want to be in right and dad said you know it's like Ryan you're going to deal with things like this the rest of your life you know mm-hmm. there's going to be times where you think you've got everything and then it turns out to be you know nothing or you know gets ripped out from you last second and right right you just got to kind of learn to keep you know keep moving forward and I really I really got into like quotes and things like that when I was there to try to kind of find sort of my my way to like make the best out of it and one of the things that I heard was you know everybody falls down in life but when you fall down 
try to land on your back because if you can look up then you can get up and keep moving forward Ooh, so that was one okay. that I really kind of kept going with me all right in my mind and I really really liked that so I was thinking okay you know we got knocked down we got what we what we dreamed about what we loved kind of taken away from us but we can get up and we can move forward right I so love at that. the end of that year I was just kind of like you know with what's kind of happened with the sanctions internally externally I think we're just gonna you know kind of find a new place and just start over of course gonna, you know we're gonna take our take our wounds take our licks and you know we're gonna start over next year and we can you know we'd still redshirt we can still go for four years and just start of course you know brand new Right. Yeah. No, I, that's a great way. And I like that quote, you know, I've never heard, you know, I've always, yeah, everybody hears, you know, you, you get kicked down, you get back up, but Hey, you fall on your back and you can see up so you can get up. I like that. That's good, yeah. man. That was, that was, I think my favorite one that I found when I was kind of trying to find these quotes to kind of yeah make the best of the situation. Of course. And you know, that's ultimately what you got to do. You try and make the best of your situation. And I think you did a great, you know, did a great job of doing that. How did the communication start back up with University of Oregon and kind of talk about how that transfer process went? Yeah. So when I was in high school, really, I had the other schools that I wanted to go to, but like I had two like real, like non-negotiables of if I get an offer from Oregon, I'm going to Oregon. If I get an offer from SMU, I'm going to SMU. Got it. And Casey, I think I'd kind of fallen to maybe like their, I, I ended up being like their third or fourth guy that they wanted for my high school year. One of the guys in my high school year that went to Oregon was Aaron Wise. Obviously, oh, Aaron Wise. No yeah. I was going to complain about picking Aaron. Nope, nope. <laughs> um, the other one was um, Hurley Long, and he was you know a great player. He ended up transferring to Texas Tech. And I'm, I'm sure if I had called up Casey and, hey, Casey, can I walk on the team out of mm-hmm. high school? He'd be like, yeah, sure, man. Like, come on. 100%. Dude. Right. And, but, you know, I got an offer from one of my non negotiables from SMU, and I was like, cool going there there. so I'd always had a great relationship with Casey and so when it kind of came time to it he was we we got to talking and I was like hey I'm I'm transferring I would love to be able to talk to you if I get a spot like I understand that it's kind of a you didn't plan on me coming here so if there's no scholarship and all that Mm -hmm. we can right you know just give me a spot on the team and I will if you know if if you think I earn any scholarship great if you don't think I earn any scholarship I just love a spot on the team. Of course. Of course. And one thing that I remember Casey told me is he was actually out watching me in a junior tournament once. And there was some, I think I'd hit a ball out of bounds and I had to hit a provisional. And I only, for some reason, I only had, you know, tailor made ones in my bag that day. And, uh-huh. you know, I was like, well, I'm hitting a tailor made one. This one's brand new. The other one's all scuffed up. And Casey's like, you can't do that. Like you have to have some sort of way to identify him. And now I, you know, being a punk, I just hit a ball out of bounds. <laughs> kind of grumbled at him a little bit, but yeah. after the round, I kind of came to myself and I was like, you know, Casey wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, he's right. you know, following the rules and he's you know, looking out for the best of you and for everybody. So I texted him. I was like, Hey coach, like, I'm really sorry if I had kind of grumbled at you or, you know, if I had come off kind of short with what happened with my ball out of bounds mm-hmm. and no reply. Cause he couldn't. You know, uh-huh. not because he was, you know, leaving yeah. me high and dry, but yeah. when I called him, I was like, Hey, like, I really love a spot on the team. And he's like, you know, Ryan, I would love for you to come on the team. And I really want you to know that with what happened that day with, you know, your provisional and stuff, they took, you know, it took, you know, you being, being a man, realizing you had screwed up yeah. and texting me. And that's something I'd never forgot. So, you know, love there for you, you to come out to Eugene. Awesome. 
That's awesome. And, you know, that's great that you're able to kind of, like you said, you know, kind of be a man about it, own up to your own up to your actions and just send them a text and apologizing. I mean, that's literally the simplest things, not only in golf, but anybody could just do is, you know, don't be afraid to say, you know, Hey, I messed up. I'm sorry. And I mean, I mean, it ultimately got you to university of Oregon, a great program. And, you know, I'd love to hear about your time there, kind of the players that were on that team with you and kind of how'd you enjoy your years at university of Oregon? Yeah, we always had a, we had a pretty good run there. I transferred in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. So I transferred for the spring semester 2016 when yes. we won the national championship, yep. which was my redshirt year. So I always like to tell people, I probably go down in history as doing the least amount of work possible to win a national <laughs> championship. That's it. I transferred in 10 weeks before we won. I was redshirting. I was just there at practice, basically chipping with guys, hitting yeah. balls, playing, wasn't qualifying or anything. And 10 weeks later, I get a ring out of it. Let's go. Hey, So my first two years of college, <clears throat> I was at SMU when Bryson mm-hmm. won the national championship as an individual. Yep. Transferred to Oregon. Aaron wins the national championship as an individual. We win the national championship as a team. I'm sitting there thinking, man, I'm surprised every coach in the country doesn't want me to go play for that. Because <laughs> they'll automatically get they'll automatically get some kind of national championship. <laughs> yeah. So I showed up and and really I was kind of so the way that we did qualifying at Oregon is beginning of the year. For 20, well, 2016, but every year, really, mm-hmm. you know, you, everybody has a chance to qualify for the first event, Got you it. know, and, you know, we do qualifying, two guys qualify, pick the rest. And, but as the year goes down, some of the guys start to get, a, not eliminated, but kind of the, you know, it gets narrowed down for the five guys to go to the tournament, you know, uh-huh. maybe seven of the guys are qualifying instead of 12. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. He's kind of found his guys that have done well in the tournaments. Yeah. And, he gives some exemptions. Yeah. So I, and kind of being you know, red shirting, I obviously can't play in any of the events. So right. I kind of get put in qualifying with, you know, maybe some of the guys that had been, you know, qualifying, but, you know, probably not going to get picked for the event. So I played a right. lot of rounds of golf with Max Carter and mm-hmm. Sam yeah. Faust. Sam ended up being my year. And I mean, I think that might've been one of the best things because Sam has turned out, you know, because of all those rounds we play, Sam's my best friend in the whole world. That's awesome. So nice. Cause I was able to kind of get in. I didn't know anybody mm-hmm. on the team. You're so able to mix with him. Real in, well. Play yeah. a lot of golf with Sam and kind of, you know, that's my foothold. That's my grab. That's my yeah. button. Right. You know, kind of start meeting other guys on the team and stuff. And so 2016 comes and passes, you know, we win a national championship, obviously amazing. Yeah. And so 2016 summer, I go out and I was like, okay, you know, we're going to, you know, play tournaments and things like that. And I was, you know, shooting, you know, even one under stuff like that. Then I go out and I qualify for my first and only USAM mm-hmm. and out in Bakersfield at seven, seven lakes. Oh, okay. Oh, seven, seven Oaks, seven Oaks. Yeah. Seven one. Oaks. Yeah. Seven Oaks. Yeah. And yeah. Go out and just boat race the field 36 hole qualifier chop 15 under for one day 36 holes <laughs> that's 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 deep and so i kind of got my first taste of you know the usam it was at oakland hills and mm-hmm. you know i kind of got my first taste of you know biggest tournament i'd ever played in it was tough a, to, yeah i think three years in a row for the junior am i missed out by one shot oh i see so you're that so close like, but I mean, and I started, you know, it was like, I'd go to Stanford cause that was the close one missed by one. I was like, okay, maybe we'll go to, you know, there's one down in Fresno. I was like, maybe the guy yeah. in the Bay Area won't travel down to Fresno, maybe get a mm-hmm. not easier, but maybe not as deep a field. Of course. Of course. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, 
we're, we're going to Idaho. No one, no one can want to go to Idaho to play in the UF <laughs> Junior Am qualifier. I just got to get in this thing. Yeah, exactly. Missed by one. So I was just like, man, like if I can just get into one of these USGA events. It'd be so sweet. close. Like, yeah. So cool. Like I'd made it to sectional qualifying for the US Open, you know, three years in a row in high that's school. That's big. Like, yeah, that's big. I just had to get to one of these things. Right, right. And so 2016 USAM, Oakland Hills, Fields. I mean, what's the field at the USAM? 300 guys. There's a lot of guys. Yeah. yeah. You got to, cause you got to do the individual and then they kind of seed you for match play. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's two full field events because they do it at two courses. So it's 156 times two is 312 guys. Mm-hmm. I, out of three, two guys out of 312, I got paired with Wyndham Clark, who had just transferred from Oklahoma State to, to play for the Ducks. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, what are the odds that I get paired with a guy who's transferring is going to be my teammate after I just transferred there? Exactly, right, right. So I kind of got to, you know, played two rounds with Wyndham, kind of got another foothold of meeting another guy that's going to be on the team. and mm-hmm. Another and, serious player. Yeah, I mean, Wyndham's, you know, obviously an incredible player. Yeah. So uh, fall rolls around. We go back and, you know, get back to school. Wyndham kind of knows, you know, cause I played with me, Edwin Yee, my other teammate at also yeah. qualified. So the three of us kind of gotten to know each other over the summer. And that's awesome. So fall rolls around and we're like, man, like Wyndham's here. Like we thought we were kind of like, man, like Aaron's leaving. He's turning pro. Mm-hmm. Like Casey was even like, man, like this guy might be like a rebuilding year. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of telling the guys, I was like, look, we're losing Aaron. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're losing a 10 out of 10 golfer, you know, one of the yeah. best amateurs in the whole world. Uh-huh. I was like, we don't need to one of us become Aaron Wise. We can all get, you know, yeah. a little bit better. You know, exactly. five guys get two out of 10 better. There's your mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 that you just lost. Exactly. And then we get Wyndham coming in and we're like, cool. We all got better and we got Wyndham. So, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, you know, it's just a, a bonus. We, yeah, you know, a little, you know, hand in the cookie jar. You pull out, you know, a nice little sweetie there with having Wyndham. Right. In exactly and so we're excited you know go through the fall play some you know played a couple of events played the colonial which solmon and i were kind of battling it out for the last spot Mm -hmm. and so one of those picks where it's you know you don't write your own destiny you're not one of the automatic qualifiers and casey picked solmon to go and i kind of go home that night and i'm like we're we're done with this we're done because I kind of had a similar situation at SMU. I'd always kind of just missed out on qualifying. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, like, we're not doing this again. Like, yeah. we're, gonna, we're drawing a line in the sand and we're moving forward starting today. We're Love it. You know, Love it. Kind of that Brooks Kepka thing where it's like when I kind of thought about, you know, just making cuts, I hung around the cut. When I kind of mm-hmm. started to want to, you know, finish in top 10, I hung around the top 10. When I wanted mm-hmm. to start winning, hey, I started hanging around the winners. And, you know, I started of course. third. Of course. So like, no, like, we're not just trying to get in the event. Like, we don't want to pick. We want to, like, qualify automatically. Make the lineup. Yeah, exactly. So, our second event was at Colorado Golf Club out in Den, just north of Denver. And that qualifier was like, no, like, we're not just trying to make the lineup. We want to be one of the automatic qualifiers. I love that. And so, we make the lineup, and it was my first college event, all, you know, jacked up, excited. Yeah. I think I'd go out and, shoot like three over the front nine i'm like no nah, man like we're we're not we're not we're not qualifying for our first event just to go finish in the middle of the path <laughs> right 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 so we turn it around for the next 20 27 holes or something like that and we're getting yeah. casey comes up to me on the 14th hole and he's like hey man like you're tied for fourth i'm like oh 
Well, All right. Around, that's good. So. Yeah. That's not middle of the pack. <laughs> that's not middle of the pack. But then that was kind of, you know, deer in headlights. I, you know, that was the first time, you know, it's when you, when you're playing good golf and you start thinking about good golf. It yeah. Normally, normally mm-hmm. doesn't continue with good golf. Right. Like right. I bogeyed like my last four holes in a row. I finished like 12th or something, but I was like, okay, you know, we got, we got our feet wet. Yeah. We, played, we didn't finish well and we finished 12th. Mm-hmm. So then we finish out the fall. I have, you know, another couple of good events. We go and play the East Lake cup. Yeah. That one for the top four teams that finish in the national champion. I think it's yep. the team like semifinal for the national championship. That's an awesome four. tournament. Awesome tournament. Oh, so cool. We got, you know, everyone got their own room. We were staying at like that CNN tower in Atlanta. We just, you know, everyone got their own big room, big courtyard out, you know, everywhere. We got to go to the college football hall of fame. Heard Lou Holtz. They really roll out the red carpet. For what the a day. trip. What a trip. Yeah. That's an experience. And I remember we'd go out and since it's, you know, four teams of five guys, you play foursomes. My first uh, round, I got played paired with Scotty Scheffler, who I think won the one day yeah. individual qualifier or oh, uh, yeah. one day individual sort of seating for the teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I go out and I play Theo Humphrey from Vanderbilt. I mean, great player. He's on Corn Ferry now. Mm-hmm. And go out, play. We have a real good match. I think I win one up or two up, you know, birdie in the last hole. And Let's I was like, go. okay, cool. Like, yeah, you know, that's, that's a good so, win. A little more, you know, kind of rolling the momentum, beating a great player. Yeah. And so then the next day we're playing Illinois for the championship and I get paired with Michael Fiegels, another, you know, playing him, another great freshman, you know. Yeah. And I go out and I mean, I think I was like five under through 14 holes and rolling, not to toot my own horn, kind of boat raced him. I think I beat him like (laughs) five and four. Hey, that's 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 a good one. Kind of build a little more momentum because I know the national championships match play so it's kind of yeah that's a great feeling to have you know getting some wins under your belt and match play of course yeah because not a whole lot of stuff's match play like the san francisco city was always match play but that's really the only thing you'd ever kind of get i was like cool like i like match play i'm kind of always a guy that's been a little kind of like a bulldog you know kind Mm -hmm. of put me in a tough situation i really love you know when the you know give me the ball i want to shoot the ball at the last second of course yeah that's what match play is it's you know i'm sitting here staring at you and we're just going to sit here and punch each other and see who falls down first and right yeah because well, I, I knew with, with a team that we had that we were you know as long as we didn't screw up we we're probably going to be making it to at least the national championship it's obviously a crapshoot whoever makes mm-hmm. it to the top eight whoever plays well that week right, but we right. finish out the fall you know real excited kind of had one good stroke play tournament and one you know couple good matches with the match play at Eastlake cup. And mm-hmm. then Casey tells us that Norman Jong's coming in he graduates high school early <laughs> and he like, Norman wants to be a part of this. He wants to get in here like now, right now he's, he's itching. Yeah. He sort of sees that, you know, Wyndham's here and we're playing well, like Norman goes through whatever hoops he had to jump through to graduate high school early. And he's like, mm-hmm. I want to be here now. And we're all sitting here like, man, like we went from like, we got Wyndham and a couple good players to like, man, like, we might kind of be like the team to beat this year. Of course, right. And then Norman and Wyndham were just, you know, just a one-two punch of just – They were awesome players. Awesome players, yeah. You know, yeah. Like pencil them in for a 67, we're good to go. That's a, that's always nice to have. <laughs> yeah. Two guys were basically six under at the worst. Yeah, you don't have to worry about them. You ain't got to okay. worry about them. They're always under par, so that's great. Yeah, so we go – I forget what our oh our first event of the year uh, or springs always in Hawaii. We would you know we go out play well. Norman kind of you know gets into it, and then we go to our second event, which I think was at Bandon 
out nice. at Old Mac. Nice. And the weather out abandoned. I mean, it can just, I mean, it can oh. blow, it can spit rain, it can be anything. No team had ever finished the tournament under par just from the weather and the conditions. I think we went out and finished the tournament like 20 under par. That's just blew the field away. Insane. insane. And I finished fourth. I was, you know, another little feather in the cap, kind of building momentum for it. Of for, course. You know, kind of rolling into college golf. And we go home from that event and we're like, cool. Like no team had ever finished under par at this event. We just shot 20 something under par. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, like, that's pretty good. <laughs> and we kind of, you know, kind of, you can tell we're starting to believe, you know, yeah, really feeling good. We're like, we, we just got to keep playing tournaments, you know, just keep getting us the chances and yeah. Stay competitive. Yeah. So, but the, we, you know, finish out the regular season. I think we won two or three tournaments as, I think we won two or three tournaments that spring as a team, we won like four throughout the year as a team. And then we get to pack 12s, which is back in Colorado mm-hmm. and pack 12s was always 36, 18, 18, as opposed to, you know, most college events are 54 holes. So it's 72 holes. Yeah. We're really good. It's a course that Wyndham, you know, had kind of been familiar with. He kind of helped us through the practice round. Oh, nice. Nice. And so we play the 36 hole day and we're in somewhere near the lead, maybe winning, maybe, you know, one or two back. Mm-hmm. And then for the second day, the first 18 hole day snows overnight, five inches can't play. Oh, and so we just hang out, you know, we, I think of all the teams that were staying at our hotel, we had like a snowball fight. Oh, I think it was like fate of the furious or something. We tricked Casey into letting us go watch it. Somehow. There you go. Hey, you gotta do something while you, I mean, you can't play golf. Gotta go do something. And, but Casey told us, cause that winter, the weather had just been like, it had been, it was like one of those like El Nino, La Nina years. One of those terrible cold and it rained a lot. And Casey told us, he's like, throughout the whole winter, he's like, guys, I know it's, I know it sucks, but mm-hmm. I promise you there's going to be a day that this is going to help you. It may uh-huh. not be this year, uh-huh. maybe five years from now, maybe 25 years from now, maybe you're playing in the British open. It's like, it's going to help you. I promise you guys are bulldogs. You're fighting through it. Great job. Just know that it's going to help you. Yeah. So then it snows on us and oh. Casey, you know, comes in the night before the final round. He's like, boys, this is the day that's going to help because it was only going to be like 40 the next day somehow they got all the snow off the course so you know it's 40 degrees there was snow under all the tree wells where the sun didn't shine so oh gosh we're playing casual water with snow never (laughs) i didn't even know that was a thing never seen that before you don't get that very often so we're playing you know casey tells us he's like boys you know not to pick on you usc or ucla but it's like you know, they're not playing in the cold, wet stuff that you've played in all year. They're playing right. in sunshine and beautiful mm-hmm. Los Angeles. It's like, it's something that you can look at tomorrow when it's cold, that starts to rain or sleet on you. And just be like, look, like we've done this. We've put in the work. This is like our thing. Right. Yeah. This is, you know, this is our element. Welcome to our house kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we go out and we play and we were battling it out with Stanford. Stanford had, you know, Mav McNeely. Franklin Huang, like, you know, I think it was Isaiah Slinda, Brandon Wu, another great team in its own right. Another great team. Yeah. And we come down, it's like, you know, coming down to the wire, we're winning by one, they're winning by one. I think it's a dog fight. Yeah. We ended up beating them by like two or three because a couple of our guys had closed with birdies. So we win Pac-12, I think it was first Pac-12 title that Oregon had won maybe ever, at least since, you know, it was like the Pac-8 or something. Right, right, right. And Wyndham won individually. And that's, you know, you got conference then you go regionals then you go nationals and mm-hmm. it's 
I'm like, cool. Like we're winning postseason stuff. You know, it's like, yeah, this is big. You're rolling. Yeah. We're like, we just got to get through regionals and regionals is, you know, sneaky, the hardest event of the year. Cause it's, it's like the only tournament you don't have to win. Mm-hmm. You, know, you just got to be one of the teams to qualify. Yeah. Yeah. Top five teams. So it's like, it's easy for you to kind of drop your guard and be like, Oh, it's 15 teams. We only got to finish top five. We've right. Playing great all year. Mm-hmm. And we get shipped out to Baton Rouge. Hmm. You know, it's a long way from Eugene, Oregon. Interesting. And we're playing LSU's course. LSU's course is maybe like the hardest golf course I've ever played in my life. Water everywhere, palmetto oh. bushes. You know, oh, like, no. And we're just getting our teeth kicked in. And, you know, through the first two days, and, you know, I was, think I shot like 75, 75, or you know, something just kind of gross out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're outside the cut line. We're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors you know, going into the last day and Kevin Geniza, who was a freshman that at that time, had, okay. I mean, he had had a tough turn, you know, we're going to, you know, call a spade a spade. I think he shot like 78, 80 or something like that. Yeah. It's tough, he, yeah. I remember after the second round, he was like, you know, he was like welling up with tears. He's like, guys, like, I know I can do better. Like, I just want to help. Mm-hmm. Or like, no man, like you've helped enough. Like freshmen aren't supposed to play as good as you've played this year, you know, helping the team right. when he the hand yeah. as we had at that point. And Kevin goes out to the last day, toughest conditions, shoots like 69 or something to help us kind of squeak through it. Like there we go. Months. There and we go. I, you know, that had kind of helped him believe as well. You know, so everyone had kind of been able to throw their feathers in the cap going into the national championship. And Kevin got to, you know, he got to throw his into his cap and be like, yes, like that's my thing. Yep. I, yep. You know, we'd kind of pumped him up and be like, look, man, like without you, we don't make it like that. You know, thank, like that's on you. That's like, a big, that's, that's a big, that's a big part of your know, contribution to, to the team, yeah. man. That's you clutching up for us. Like, you know, of course like, that's sick. Like good job, dude. So we go to the national championship. It was out in uh, just outside Chicago at rich harvest farms. And we're feeling really good. We've been playing great all year. And it was the first year that they had the substitution because of what had happened to Bo Hostler the year before. Oh, like, right, right, right. Shoulder rotator. I remember that. Like that. Yeah, I remember that. So we bring, um, we bring Solmon and Kevin turns into the sub, but then Solmon comes because of the experience that he has in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And the first round we get the afternoon draw and, you know, you always get, you know, the good side of the draw, the bad side of the draw, the morning wave. It was beautiful you know no wind 65 degrees a beautiful spring chicago day and then it really quickly turned it turned out you know blowing 25 the fairways were getting those little rivers running down them. nice nice we were playing in the afternoon we're like gosh we just got to get through this yeah and we finished the round we're in like 20 something and out of the 30 teams that make it, we're like, man, like, that kind of sucked. Like, you know, because you take the punches, you know, good side of the draw, bad side of the draw. But we're like, right. man, we played so good all year. Mm-hmm. And we get the bad side of the draw and we just end up in like 20th place. And we're just so far behind the eight ball. Right, right. And I, remember, I shot like 78 or something like that. And didn't even feel like I played that bad. Mm-hmm. And I remember, looking, I remember looking at the leaderboard on golf stats, scrolling through my phone, driving back to the hotel. And I shot 78. and I was in like 118th place out of like 125 guys. I was like, mm-hmm. man, like that sucks. I was like, I was feeling good coming into the event. And I'm like, right. I'm like almost last. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I remember I texted our sports psychologist that night, Jay Brunza. And he was like, I was like, man, like I kind of got like this mental chatter going on in my head. I'm at the national championship, big event. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the other biggest event I'd ever played in was, you know, the USAM. So I right. kind of not like new to big tournaments, but it's, you know, biggest thing I'd played in up till then. Of course. And he's like, look, man, just like kind of in your mind when you're, you know, over the ball, just kind of give yourself like kind of count down from three. Cause it's, you know, if you're counting down, you can't think about anything else. Kind of go like, you know, very true. Clear yeah. your mind, you know, one, two, three, hit the ball. Uh -huh. I was like, Oh, cool. I'll try that. I went in last place. Couldn't hurt. <laughs> give it a go. Might as well yeah, I'll, I'll play left-handed tomorrow. If you tell me to. <laughs> and so I do that and it just really, really helped. And I, you know, kind of built a little confidence. I saw a couple putts go in, you know, longer yeah. do like 25 30 footers would begin there the you go round. that'll get some confidence i think i made the turn at like five under or something i you know rolling i was like cool we're not in last place anymore <laughs> that, that'll help that should move up the leaderboard I, think I shot 68 and i was like cool i kind of got myself not got myself back into it because the guys that were leading were obviously you know seven eight under but, but no, i kind of got myself back you know some of the way mm -hmm. and so kind of kept that mental thought going. Cause I was like, okay, that seemed to really, really help, you know, third round comes along, shoot another like two under, you know, kind of get myself into, you know, 30th or something. I'm like, cool. I went from 118th to 30th in two days. You know, that's pretty good. That's a good move. And then after the third day, they cut it to the top 15 teams of 30 and we kind of squeak it into like 13th place or something like that. Okay. You know, we make the cut, but we kind of skate by, by the skin of our teeth mm -hmm. and but we're, you know, we're really, really climbing. We're climbing the leaderboard quick considering where we were after the right. first day. Right. And then the fourth round, it was just supposed to be just biblical. It was supposed to blow like 15 gust into like 25. Nice. And I go, you know, guys were going out, you know, we, I think I was like three over through my first eight holes. We started on the back because we were in like last or, you know, last place of teams to make the cut. Mm -hmm. And I birdie 18, one and two. So nine, 10 and 11 on my day. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know, got it back to even, you know, tough day, probably, you know, climbing up the leaderboard a little bit mm -hmm. and, you know, par, you know, one or par three and I doubled four. So I was like, man, like that kind of sucks yeah. and get to five, hit it to like four feet. It was this little par three with the kind of little horseshoe shape oh green. oh interesting okay kind of sitting in a little bowl hit it to like five feet and i miss it and i was like dang like that would have been nice to kind of bounce back with a birdie uh -huh. and then our assistant coach john ellis comes up to me and john and i were always pretty similar in kind of how we approached golf we'd always kind of been you know kind of bulldogs maybe kind of overlooked underrated yeah you know, yeah underdogs of, yeah yeah chip on the shoulder kind of guys and he comes That's up and so he always kind of knew I don't want to say push my buttons, but he, he kind of knew, like, he kind of knew what would get me to perform my best because it was what got him to perform his best. Get you going a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And he comes up to me and I just asked him, I was like, Hey, like, how we doing? He's like, you know, had a good year, probably not going to make it. And, you know, you guys did great. Nothing to be ashamed of, but, you know, probably not going to make it. And there was just something deep inside me that was just, no, man, like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, if we're not going to make it, it ain't going to be from a lack of trying from me on these last four holes. Love it. Love it. So birdied six, birdied seven. So, you know, kind of got a couple of them back. Go to my yep. 17th hole, birdie eight. So birdie three of my three holes in a row. And I go to nine, this just sharp dog leg right. Hit, you know, hit it out in the fairway, kind of sting a little six iron up there onto the green, have like a 15 footer 
close my eyes now, I can still perfectly imagine what the putt looked like, where the pin location wow. was. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I kind of kept that same sort of thing, though, the calm mind, yeah, you know, clear mind, everything like that. And as I'm walking into the putt, I just tell myself, you know, just give it a good run. You know, if you don't make it, you don't make it. But, you know, just yeah. make sure you give it a good run. Of course. And just pour it right in and, you know, go let's absolutely, go. absolutely berserk, you know, just fist pumping. Let's go. Come on. You know, uh-huh. at the guys that had finished. Uh-huh. And I mean, it's, I'm sure, you know, you find it somewhere in the archives of golf channel, me just, you know, going berserk on the ninth green at rich harvest Farms. <laughs> that's awesome but it's nice that you have that moment though like you said you could close your eyes and picture it still yeah and it's like it was one of those things where it's like i've always felt like when the chips are down you know last second i want the ball give me the shot you know i i want like i want all put it all on me let me mm-hmm. you know go do it or you know do it or don't do it and it's like i feel like that kind of leads to the calm though because it's when you get put in these situations where it's like you know you have, you either do it or you don't do it. There's no like, Oh, I could, you know, I could kind of lag it up there and, you know, par is not that bad. It's like, no, yeah. like, if yeah. you don't make it, you're probably not making it into match play. Cause it's like at this right. point, like, every single shot counts. Of course. Right. And so it kind of, that also kind of helped lead to the calm and I make it and for, you know, seven of my last 10, my last four in a row and 25 mile an hour wins. That's and awesome. John, and I was, you know, I was the second to last guy out there, Wyndham, and John were out there. He comes up to me, looks me right in the eye, and is like, I knew you were gonna do it. <laughs> like I told you, I, I told you what I told you because I knew you were gonna do it. And that's awesome. So, that's amazing that he, you know, he said that came up to you and did that. That's awesome. Yeah. So we finish up, but it's like since we were in 13th place, we were one of the first teams to finish. We were like, okay, we kind of got ourselves like we were like tied for eighth with you know a couple of like in that range of you know, we're right on the bubble again, maybe gonna squeak in, maybe not. Mm-hmm. We had 45 minutes to go sit and eat like an early dinner or a late lunch, mm-hmm. kind of waiting and seeing and kind of figuring out like, are we going to make it, not make it? Right. And it must, we were sitting inside. It must've just gotten 10 times worse than when we were playing. Cause I mean, we ended up finishing fifth for the whole tournament. I mean, yeah, that's, I, that's a little better than sweet. Just squeaking in there. <laughs> yeah. We ended up finishing sort of middle of the pack and we draw Oklahoma state, which was Wyndham's old Wyndham's team. old team. Right. And, right. you know, not, you know, not any sort of, you know, vendettas or anything, but Wyndham, you know, was very much like, Oh, sweet. Like I want to go play these guys. Of course. Of course. Cause I mean, you transfer from the school, you know, you're probably looking to do a little something if you're playing with them. Exactly. Right. Right. So we go out and Wyndham gets paired with a young, we don't really know who he is at the time, Victor Hofland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Victor's obviously great. I think Wyndham lost and Norman lost that day. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to me, Edwin, and Solomon mm-hmm. win our three matches. And we're, you know, you're kind of looking at Wyndham and Norman, you know, our chalk them up for a win kind of guys. Of course, and right, right. Us. And I was playing Zach Boshu. I ended up winning mine. Um, Edwin ended up beating, I think he was playing like Christopher Ventura or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... So then it comes down to Solomon again. We're like, oh, we've been here before. You know, yep. Solomon yep. having to win the last match. Mm-hmm. Solomon ends up pouring in like a nice like 10 footer on the last hole. We're like, we've seen this before, you know. Yep, same exactly. Right, right, right. And so we end up beating Oklahoma State. And we're like, cool. Because it's like they do, you know, it was kind of one of the like the third or fourth year that Golf Channel is like really sort of televised the national championship. Right, right, right. And 
everybody had picked Oklahoma State to win. Obviously, you're a great program. They've got, you know, 100 years of being the best. Great players coming from the there, best of team in college golf for the last 100 years. Mm-hmm. And so, but we kind of took that as, you know, we don't like that we're, no one wants us to win. We just came soaring up this leaderboard. We got two of the four best players in the country. Why aren't we getting picked to win? Exactly, right. We kind of got to feed off of that. And then in the semifinals, because you play the quarterfinals and the semifinals in one day mm-hmm. in match play at the NCAAs. Right. You play Vanderbilt. I actually get, it was funny, our whole roster got relined up with Vanderbilt's exactly how we played them at Eastlake Cup. Oh, we're all perfect. looking at each other at lunch. We're like, do you guys want to do this? <laughs> he didn't want it. Like, we didn't yeah. do it on purpose. Did you guys do it on purpose? Right, right, right. And so I get paired up with Theo Humphrey again. Mm-hmm. And Theo goes out and just absolutely boat races me. He beats me like four and three. I was four down after four. And I was just like, okay, like, you know, we're obviously going to try to win, but we may not win. So we're mm-hmm. going to, you know, we're going to try to keep the point off the board as long as we can. Of course try to you know we don't want to we don't want them to get a point early and kind of be like oh sweet we already got one we played you know nine holes theo destroyed them mm-hmm. right of and, course and so you know i lost uh, it ends up coming down to edwin and solomon are playing their last matches so or, uh, edwin ends up going into extra holes with john augenstein mm-hmm. you know once again another great player great on player another team. great player yeah and Ends up losing. Edwin thinks he lost the last match and we lost. So he comes back and he's just in shambles. We're like, no, man, like, it's okay. We got Solomon. Like, Solomon's still playing. Mm-hmm. Playing Matthias Schwab, who's out on the European tour now. Awesome. And Solomon does it again. Wins the last hole of his match to win one up. And we're like, cool. Solomon can do no wrong. He's 5-0 and oh in match play. <laughs> on the last hole. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it seems like you just got to, you know, they might as well just go to the 18th hole and play. Like, just play it. Four hours. No kidding. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so we end up winning that. And we end up, you know, getting paired against Oklahoma, who, you know, they had Brad Dalkey, Grant Hirschman, mm-hmm. you know, guys that go on to, you know, they finished second in the USAM, Corn Ferry guys. All you know, serious another, players. Another storied program of, you know, success. Mm-hmm. And we go out and we end up, you know, kind of battling back and forth and we end up losing three and a half, one and a half, but it's, so it kind of put a bit of a sour note to the end of a great week. Cause we're like, we went from so far down the leaderboard. We yep. kept roaring back up. We're like, no, like this is our week. Can't lose. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it seemed like everything was coming up ducks. Of course. Yeah. And we end up losing, which is a bit of a, you know, bitter taste in the mouth to finish, but you know, you still look back on it and it's, you know, incredible. You Something know. you're never going to forget. Oh, no. Like, I, I mean, I, it runs across my mind, you know, weekly. You know, it's mm-hmm. something I'll never forget that week in Chicago where we were able to accomplish, especially with where we started after the first round. Of course. And I mean, like you said, I mean, you're able to kind of, and not only those experiences that you went through and everything that you're, you're playing you know, professional golf now, and maybe you get into some of those certain situations where, you know, maybe, maybe you're on a cut line or you, you know, you're in the hunt or something. And you kind of know what that feeling is like when you, you know, you need to put the gas pedal down, make some birdies and come down the stretch. I mean, that's, it's only going to make you a better player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's building, you know, with all the things that you've done, it's like, you know, I can think back to some things I did in putting contests with my buddies growing up. And it's like, no, like I made that putt. Like it's kind of yeah. finding things deep in the archives that you can remember and pull out when necessary. And, you know, kind of say like i have done this before this is you know i have a 10 footer to make the cut on the number it's like no i've done this before i've made this putt in my mind or of course in a putting contest or you know in a qualifier right. 
I love that. I love that. And so, I mean, as your years kind of were coming to an end, I know you said you'd always wanted to play professional golf. Um, kind of yeah. talk about what your senior year was like and kind of what the path was going to be after college for you. Yeah. So my senior year, we lost Norman. Norman had turned pro. Which he turned pro. He yeah. won the Heisman of golf, the Haskins award. He won. Yeah. You know, he was, he was tiger 2000 for, you know, that, that whole year before he left. So, you know, no one's going to fault him for leaving early. Of course. Right. I mean, he's, yeah, he's playing great. So we kind of, I don't want to say fell a little flat, but you know, you lose a big player like that and it's kind of, mm -hmm. you know, that's a big hole to fill. Right. Right. And so we'd kind of been grinding, you know, finishing, you know, we had a lot of like fifth place finishes they hadn't really threatened to win any team, you know, mm -hmm. any real team events. And then we get to our home event, the, um, the duck invitational. And it was at Emerald Valley. We normally played it at Eugene country club, but we were yeah, having ourselves right. at Eugene country club that year. And so you can't, yeah, you I can't. didn't really understand, but you can't have two events at the same course or the membership. Interesting. Didn't want to or something. I didn't quite understand what happened, but we end up playing at Emerald Valley, our other uh, course that we play quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I just really felt good that whole week. Cause it was, you know, people that played the duck for three years, they played Eugene a lot. No one had played Emerald Valley. So it was totally, just, yeah, it was a weird, yeah, everybody, it was kind of a new course for everybody. Yeah. I mean, we had played it a ton, obviously. So, uh, you know, we were all feeling good that we were going to do well. And I end up winning individually, my only win of college. But Let's go. I finally hey, felt like one, I got though. the monkey off my back. I was yeah, like, you got one. we had had, you know, I think I finished college with 13 or 15 top 10. So it was consistently not knocking on one. the door, but I finally got to, you know, knock the door down, which there felt you go. really Let's good. Go. That's awesome. I mean, you know, golf's one of those sports you don't really win a lot, you know, unless you're Tiger. And even then, yeah. you win yeah. one in four events. So, you know, whenever you can get a win, regardless of what it is, it feels incredible of course of course and so i went to canada q school not too far after that i gained some status so i knew that i was going to have a place to play after my yeah. senior year that's nice and we end up getting bounced at regionals we don't make it to nationals so i got into that first event that mm -hmm. is the same week as nationals so i kind of had a little bit of you know i got to play an event before i had finished college and i kind of got to experience it for playing professional golf. And then I graduated and we've been playing, you know, PGA tour Canada and yeah, went to corn Ferry Q school. Didn't play great. That got kicked out at first stage and mm -hmm. then COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. COVID, yeah, COVID uh, shook it, shook the whole world, man. And, you know, especially it still is to this day. I mean, I know you were saying with, uh, you know, the borders and stuff with, you know, us and can or in Canada right now and stuff. So that kind of sucks, you know, for Pete guys that were trying to play on the Canadian tour and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, COVID shook everything kind of what, what were you doing at that time? What were you kind of doing to pass the time? And what was, I mean, obviously you got to rethink, you know, where you want to go play at and stuff and what tournaments you're trying to get in. I mean, what were you doing? Yeah. So I have a great, I kind of split my time between Portland and the Bay area still. So, but I was, I was up here in Portland. I have just an incredible course that I can play at Columbia Edgewater mm -hmm. and they have maybe the best membership in the whole state of Oregon I think one time they had one of the best memberships in the whole country they have like oh, 25 gosh. guys that are like legit plus handicaps oh that's not nice. like the I'm a plus one but I'll you know I really like four like I'm a right. like, legit like plus two plus three guys shoot under so par really every time keep the game sharp playing with them and you know finding you know, some mini tour events that were still going on, like Golden State stuff, Outlaw, mm -hmm. and just kind of trying to keep as sharp as you could when, you know, when no one really knew 
is this going to be like a month long thing or, you know, now yeah. we know, are we going to be in 14, 15 months of this thing? Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. So it really was just, I was able to kind of convince myself though, that, Hey, I'm 24. There are guys out here that are playing mini tours of Canada that are 34, have a wife, have a kid. Yeah. Like kind of the, you know, maybe their life is mm-hmm. kind of nudging them towards, Hey, if it doesn't happen this year, maybe we got to go look for a job. Of and, course, of course. So I was able to kind of keep that perspective with myself and just be like, look, I'm 24. If this takes a year, it takes a year. But, you know, I can still pursue this. I can still play. I still mm-hmm. you know, can support my goals of, you know, my professional golf goals. Yeah, It's of not course. like this year is going to force me to go get a job. Yeah, it's not going to make or break your, you know, your, your, call, your, or your professional career. Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously it really sucked with what happened and, you know, we got to get through it and, you know, try exactly. to get out of it as soon as we can, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the end all be all with what happened. I was able to right, keep right. a good perspective, stay sharp with playing with the guys out here at Columbia Edgewater and, you know, make the best of the situation that has presented itself. Yeah. And I think that's great that, you know, that you had guys at the club like that, that were legit players. And like you say, you know, stay sharp. I know there wasn't hardly any tournaments that were really going on. And it was nice that, Golden State Tour seemed like they were kind of having some events and stuff. I know mm-hmm. um, you said Outlaw Tour and everything. They were doing tournaments as well. Um, even though, you know, those are really – any tournament you can play in is great because getting that tournament experience, not only in whatever level of golf you're playing, I mean, if you can get out there and play as much as you can, I think that's great that you were doing that and not just, you know, range rat banging balls because it's totally different from banging balls on the range than actually playing in competition. So that's oh, great yeah. that you're able to do that. Um so, I mean, what kind of tournaments are you focusing on now? I know you were kind of talking about, um, you know, the borders and stuff like that with um, Canadian tour and stuff like that. Kind of what, what are your plans and what are some of your goals for professional golf? Maybe in the next couple of years, five years, kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So right now it's like we were talking about earlier, sort of the, like I got a text from my dad today. It's like, you know, us Canada border closed indefinitely. So don't really know if we're going to be able to go up there if they're going to Mm -hmm. be like a local iq thing like they did last year Mm -hmm. so i've kind of built out a schedule of you know golden state outlaw dakota's tour you know go down to texas some apt stuff yeah yeah yeah. maybe some state opens and that is all very subject change of you know if the canadian border opens up of course of course we'll obviously be going up there Mm -hmm. but you know for my goals that i have i try to kind of keep them you know the process goals and you know the mm-hmm. outcome goals and things but obviously I want to make the tour I want to have a great long successful career on tour mm-hmm. and but that obviously you know that kind of starts with building blocks you don't just get from you know playing Canada and mini tours to jumping on the PGA exactly tour. right right, so, right. I'll, you know corn Ferry Q schools coming up this month gain some status out there would be I feel like that'd be a great first step Heck be able yeah. to kind of get my feet wet playing corn fairy event obviously you know you want to go out to corn fairy finish top 25 first year mm-hmm. but you know i'd love to be able to get a good you know some good status out on the corn fairy tour because you know you get conditional status you're playing mondays and chasing mondays that yeah that's, that's a tough that's a, that's a tough grind as we've all learned from monday q info on twitter you yeah exactly yeah yeah seriously you gotta go stupid low just for one round i mean yeah yeah it's, that's pretty so, it's a tough grind Short, you know, within the next year or two, I'd love to be able to get a good, strong foothold in the Corn Ferry Tour and then try to, you know, obviously progress up to the PGA Tour and mm-hmm. be able to have a, you know, legitimate, like, you know, 
play, you know, 20 events a year, you know, full card, obviously yeah. all of those things. And, but yeah. that, you know, that's, that doesn't happen tomorrow. That starts, you know, by building, mm-hmm. like, we, like I said, up to the corn ferry tour and then building your foothold there and then building to the PGA tour. Of course. And I mean, there's, there's a, many ways people have gone to get to the PGA tour and you know the process that you're going to go about I think that's kind of the the best way to do it if you're going to do it in America you know a lot of people uh, well not a lot of people but some people they go you know challenge tour European tour and then try and get status on PGA tour but I think that's great that you know hopefully PGA tour Canada has something for you guys because I mean that's a great um, proving ground for anybody that can go and play on there because if you're if it's it's a tour whether you're going to be on there for a long time or you're not you know what I mean you're going to be on there because you're making it and then you're going to head out of there or, you know, you're just not going to be able to make it on there. But yeah, that's great that I hope they have something for you guys, because that's going to be great to go there, experience that competition. Cause a lot of good players have came from the Canadian tour, corn Ferry tour, PG tour, like you're explaining. So I think that's a great plan that you have. And I wish you yeah. nothing but the best for that, man. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And um, so we're going to head into the next segment of the show. I like to call the Friday just kind of okay. just some for fun questions here. Kind of get to know you a little bit more on a, you know, kind of fun side. So first question here for you is kind of a standard I've been asking is um, if you could have a dream foursome, who would be in it? Um, for sure. My dad, my dad and I played so much golf when I was growing up and my dad. So I was an only child. My dad didn't let me win at anything. So I'd love <laughs> to be able to go out and play with him. And, you know, he, he was sort of my, obviously my dad, but my older brother as well, to, you know, kind of the, the bar, the, you know, the, you know, the competition, things like that. So I'd love yeah. to play with my dad. Um, like I was saying, Sam Faust, my buddy that, you know, from yeah, Oregon. Of course. And um, it would be either a toss up, you know, whoever would be available that day. I'd love to either play with Bruce Springsteen or Bruce? Eminem. Obviously, don't really them play golf. But I'd love you know. to see that'd be interesting, huh? Eminem. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta, you kind of like Eminem, but you still like him nowadays or back in the day you really liked his music you know, or what? His older stuff, you know, he, he's, he's peaked and he's going a little downhill. You know, his older <laughs> stuff was better, but it's funny. So, when it, my dad and I would go skiing when I was little and we kind of had those cool, like the first helmets that had like the headphones. Oh in them. yeah. Yeah. And my dad put lose yourself on there. Oh, let's go. He you put go. the explicit version on there when I was like eight. I don't think he meant to. So that was kind of, <laughs> I was eight. I was my first explicit song. I was like, sweet. <laughs> Eminem rocks. Oh, roll with Eminem. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I, that'd be interesting. Um, so if uh, next one here I got for you is, would you rather win the masters or the FedEx cup? Oh, the masters masters. Yeah. yeah you I, get to play it every year. You exactly. Know, you, you get enough money coming out of winning the masters, you know, like, you mean it's endorsements and stuff. You probably get, you know, probably more than a million out of it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, FedEx cup, you win just, you know, tens, you know, tens, you win a, a, a million dollars out of money, but you know, the masters, they give you 2 million already, some endorsement deals. You get to go play the masters for the rest of your life, which is, you know, yep. I'd pay a lot of money to do that. Oh yeah. I, I, you know, I'd play there till the day I died. If I ever won that, you know, if I, were, oh, for sure. if you ever won the masters, that's gotta be amazing. But right. um, I wouldn't even, you know, Jack's the honorary starter. I wouldn't even do that. I'd, I'd be rolling out there at 85 if they let me. <laughs> whiffing it off the tee if i had to heck yeah. oh yeah <laughs> um so next one i like is it's a fun question so let's say you hit a shot in a pond and it's sitting in the mud but you can clearly see it but it's in the mud and you know you're gonna get just you're gonna get splashed with mud would you <laughs> or would you not go in there strip down to your underwear and save your round whether whether it's for 
whether it's for an 80 or it's for a, you know, for a 60, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? You're going to go I'm going in. I'm going in. I, I would apologize to everybody for what they you know would be looking at, but I'm going in there to save, you know, I'm, if I can save a shot, I'm saving a shot. And, you know, if you got to see me in my, you know, in my tidy whities I don't care. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, I'm, you can, you can turn around and not look. And I apologize, you know, for what I may look like, but got to get out there and save the round, man. That's it. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's all. I just love that question. Cause I mean, I, I've had, um, I've just recently introduced this segment of the show, but that question, I, I love that question. Cause I, I, a lot of people, they, a lot of people say, Oh yeah, I'm getting down and dirty no matter what. So I love to hear that, you know? And, um, Oh yeah. So if you had to play another sport besides golf, what would it be? And why would you play it? So I played all the sports growing up. The last one I gave up, it came down to baseball and golf. And the guys on the team would always give me a lot of grief for this, mm-hmm. but I think I could have played college baseball. Maybe, you know, I may not have played for, you know, the equivalent of the ducks or something like that. It may have been a, mm-hmm. it was a smaller school, but I always really liked baseball. I was a shortstop. I probably would have had to move over to second base. Cause I threw it out of my ear, you know, real short and oh, quick yeah. stuff, but uh-huh. I really liked baseball. The only reason I gave up baseball is I didn't like that. I could go play, you know, uh, you know, go four for four, yep. you know, a couple RBI, steal a couple yep. bases, and we lose. I'm like, yep. I couldn't have done anything else, and we lost. That so is kinda, exactly that's the only reason I gave it up. That's exactly why I did it, too, because, I mean, you could be, you know, you'd be working so hard, whatever position you are, but somebody drop a pop fly in the outfield, and it's, you lose, and you're like, man, like you said, you worked as hard as you possibly could, and, and you end up losing the game. It's like, no, 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 golf. It's strictly whether you mess up because you messed up, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all. It, it's you either did it or you didn't. There's no you did it, but then you know, Johnny out in right field, you know, had an error and you lost. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that about the sport, but you know, it, even though golf is a very individual sport, that team aspect and it, from what it sounds like, you really love that team aspect too at University of Oregon. The mm-hmm. team aspect of golf is such a fun thing, and it's great that you know if anybody can play on a college team, high school team, any sort of team, you know, it's, it's, I highly recommend getting out there and doing it. Cause it's just so great to do. Yeah. Cause it's like all of golf is so individual, but you know, to be able to experience it as a team with a common goal, it's like, that's just, that's just something that it's so hard to replicate because it's not inherently part of golf. Right. You know, right. You kind of get this sort of interesting dynamic of an individual sport, but it, you do get the team. Mm-hmm. I love I exactly. I couldn't agree more. And so next one I got for you here is what PGA tour player do people say you look or swing like? Do you ever get kind of a, a common? I hope everybody, you know, when they're looking at me, they're like, man, that guy swings like Adam Scott. Adam <laughs> Scott, man. It's just I haven't smooth. heard it. I haven't heard that one yet, but um, I like that one. No, I like that. Cause I'm a, when I was watching you swing out down in Baco, man, that's, I love that. It's such smooth tempo. I love it. Um, I've gotten looks. I used to have, not like the long hair, but a little longer. Uh-huh. And it was the same time that Jason Day had like the legit long oh, hair. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So sure. I got a few Jason Day comps. One guy, uh, the starter out of Columbia Edgewater, said I look like Max Homa, which okay. I don't really see, but uh, okay. hey, I'll All take right. it. Max isn't an ugly looking guy. All right. You know, yeah, sure. Max Homa. Yeah, of yeah. course. Um, so I got one here for the last question here for you. Who's inspired you to be the person slash golfer you are today? I mean, I'd really say my parents, I mean, yep. obviously your parents raise you with all your morals, but like my parents, you know, they, 
were, you know, whatever I needed, they were going to make sure that, you know, they made it available to me. And, of course. you know, like my mom is and at one, an absolute sweetheart, but two, she is the hardest working person I know. You know, she really, I feel like she's really ingrained in me. You know, the little details matter. If you can't do the little things right, the big things won't be done right. And in golf, that's huge. I mean, a game where, you know, one degree or, you know, half a degree can make the difference in hitting a fairway, missing the fairway, of course, of you know, course. hitting it in the water, hitting it on the green. It's like, you know, with what my mom and dad were able to instill in me with, you know, work ethic, pay attention to the little things, make sure that, you know, you go about it, you know, the right way. And, you know, it, it takes time. Like my parents have a nine to five job. They both, mm-hmm. well, my mom just retired, but like my, oh, nice. my mom and dad had nine to five jobs. And it's like, I may have the coolest job in the world. You know, I'm a professional golfer. I, I get to go to the golf course every day, mm-hmm. but it's still my nine to five job. So it's like, I'm out there from nine. I leave at five. And it's like, I'm doing that five days a week. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is my job. And I would say I for sure learned that from my mom and dad. That's amazing. And, you know, it's great. It sounds like they were there to, you know, support you no matter what you want to do, whether you wanted to play golf or you wanted to play baseball or you wanted maybe not even play sports at all. So it's great. You had that support system behind you, getting you through. And, you know, like you said, they kind of taught you right from wrong and, you know, and it's carrying over to your work ethic. And, you know, I think it's going to be great for anybody in the long run to have those kind of lessons from their parents. So it's great that you had that. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. But hey, man, that'll wrap up this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto featuring Ryan Gronlin. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on, man. Had a blast chatting with you, getting to know you some more. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, um, like I said, I wish you nothing but the best in your future endeavors. I'll be on the lookout, you know, seeing those results, posting them on the gram and stuff. And um, yeah, man, wish nothing but the best and we'll stay in contact. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And all, all you've done with the podcast. It's really great. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. All righty, everybody. Have a good one. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto. Just want to let you guys know I create an Instagram for the podcast called Scrambling Podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.